This is the Life in the Front Office podcast. I want to first thank all of our listeners to making this a success and helping us continue to grow. We bring on sports executives and professionals from around the industry, all different aspects of the industry, to provide insights and advice for those who are trying to enter the sports industry or those who are already in the industry just looking to learn something new and continue to get better. If you like our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and visit our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com for more episodes. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman, and today I've got the COO of Front Office Sports. It's fitting that uh, we have the COO of Front Office Sports on Life in the Front Office. Uh, excited to have Russell wild on um russell welcome to the podcast yeah no thank you man excited to uh excited to run through everything awesome so let's just get started in in kind of running through your career path um how you got started in front office sports and you know where are you guys at today yeah so it's uh an unconventional story i think uh so effectively First of all, FOS was never remotely supposed to be a business. Uh, basically, Adam White, our CEO, and myself, we were both students at the University of Miami. And so Adam started FOS really just as a way for him to continue to build his network and grow you know, his relationships in the industry. Um, and so his, the, fresh, the summer after his freshman year, he you know, decided to start FOS. You know, he probably, I think he did like a dozen interviews or something the first summer. Um, and by the time you know, he came back to school in the fall, he was like, all right, let me see if I can keep this thing up. Uh, and continue to sort of, you know, produce content in and around the sports industry. Uh, and so he actually posted in the Facebook group for uh, kinesiology program down in Miami, saying like, hey, I have this thing. Don't really know what it is or what it's going to be, but it's helping kind of, you know, me talk to people that, quite frankly, have no reason to talk to me. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, if anyone wants to help out, give me a shout. And I think I was like one of two people to reach out or something. Um, you know, we ended up grabbing lunch at the Rat at the down at the U. He bought me a Caesar salad and, uh, you know, haven't been able to shake each other ever since. But it was really, you know, I originally started out helping sort of on social media, uh, you know, coordinating interviews, just, you know, kind of running like our marketing, if you want to call it that strategy, I guess. And it kind of uh, just grew from there very organically. Like we never set out to uh, turn FOS into, you know, revenue generating operation for ourselves. We just sort of said, hey, let's have fun with this thing, see what we can turn it into and kind of you know see how it progresses from there so where where did the idea of sos start and you know what was the what was the first thought behind what it could become and then as you guys started to to realize what it has now become like what's the goal of the future yeah i think you know we're trying to build you know uh, a media company at the intersection of sports and business for both people that work in the sports industry, as well as, you know, what we call sort of sophisticated sports fans, right? So people who love sports, love business, and where their insiders view to their favorite teams, leagues, properties, et cetera. Um, so I think like from there, uh, you know, in terms of FOS, like typical B2B or B2B to C sort of media company, right? So we oftentimes look to, you know, uh, Digiday or The Skift, some sort of publications like that where, you know, it's it's a niche media outlet, right? Like it's not, we're not going to be ESPN. We're not going to be Fox. This isn't going to be something that, you know, we're going to have 
you know, 50 million unique visitors a month, right? But I think there's a lot of power in building sort of niche media companies. And then we're trying to obviously do that in this lane as well. Um, and so, you know, there's sort of two sides to it, right? There's a lot of, you know, standard B2B conferences and content that we can produce, webinars, things like that, uh, to kind of drive revenue as a business. And then on the other side, it's, you know, we can do a lot of fun things with video content. We can produce content with athletes. We can do a number of sort of things that are probably more scalable, um, you know, and of interest to sort of a larger market segment. So that's, uh, we kind of like into two different audiences, I suppose. Um, but that's kind of like how we how we see things, obviously. And in terms of the front office sports, you know, my assumption would be that it got started because you want to talk about business and sports and you know what goes on in the front office. What? Yeah. How, how did the how did the name come about? Uh, so I'm actually not sure how we got the name. Uh, that was sort of Adam started obviously before I joined on a few months after the fact. But I do know that our first logo, which was like a briefcase and then you know football basketball baseball you know i think there was a hockey puck too um he actually paid one of his buddies like 50 bucks or something to put that together (laughs) so i think that was obviously the front office sports like it was an ode to you know the front office of teams and things like that but uh yeah i'm not i'm not quite sure how he came up with it but that's sort of the Uh, my understanding the start of all businesses uh paying your buddy 50 dollars to create a logo exactly that's lesson number one um, we had, we had Bob Hamer on of sports business solutions. He yeah. talked a little bit about his, you know, his entrepreneurial, uh, spirit after his career with the Suns. Um, you didn't necessarily have, uh, a quote unquote conventional path starting out in sports or anything like that, but, but you're in the media world. You're talking about, um, you know, the business side of sports. What have you learned along the way that, you know, you would be able to share with others who, who, maybe are looking to get into sports, but aren't necessarily sure if, if that's, you know, the path for them, if they want to get into an organization or, or if they truly want to maybe go more of the entrepreneurial route and uh, have some yeah. you know other ideas. Yeah. I think like my graduated or while I was down at Miami, uh, you know, I had a couple of internships with a, co- a company called Thusio. Uh, you know, when I went up to New York for the summer or back home to Jersey, I would, you know, intern in the office. And then during the school year, just sort of work on odd projects for the company. It was like Thusio as a whole, they sort of host events, uh, you know, with athletes where, you know, a membership community will come, attend the events, they sell corporate sponsorships. And then, you know, sort of in, alongside that, they were in a lot of marketing deals for, you know, various athletes and celebrities. So that was sort of like my introduction i guess to the sports industry um and i think like uh, you know the one thing i always tell people i suppose is try for your internship experience at least just go work at a startup for one summer uh and i think the reason i sort of say that is one you're actually going to get experience like you're not going to be running getting coffees you're not going to be you know the gopher to go to office depot or whatever for you know for errands or things like that like you're going to actually be put to work because they need all hands on deck and i think it'll also sort of like you know startups tend to be at least in my opinion a little bit more fast-paced than a lot of other organizations and so just to get in like the mindset of like you know you can get a hell of a lot done in an eight nine ten hour work day right like you know if you kind of are focused for all as many of that time or as much as that time as possible. So I think working for a startup when I was sort of uh, 
you know, in my college years, like it allowed me to say like, Hey, like here are the things that we have to get done. Nobody else is going to get them done. So let me just pitch in and see what the hell I can make of it. And I think you're going to get a lot more chances to work on things that quite frankly, you probably have no, like, you know, no, uh, like you should not be working on them just because they need people to get, get the work done. So I would say that's what I always tell people, um, you know, or at least try. And then the other thing too, is like, for me, it worked out where, you know, I had a job pretty much lined up by December of my senior year of college, right? Because, you know, I just built a really good relationship with the small team that was at Thusio. Um, you know, I was able to kind of parlay that into my first full-time job. So I think at least give it a shot. Uh, you know, that, that's sort of my, uh, you know, advice that I oftentimes find myself telling folks. Sure. And, and as you went through the startup realm and, you know, started, started the journey with Adam on, on the front office sports venture, uh, what were some of the biggest yeah. struggles you guys faced early on? And uh, what are some, some of the struggles you face now? And, and how did you guys kind of overcome some of those as well? Yeah, I think early on it was just resources, right? Like we were just two college kids trying to basically <laughs> do whatever we can. One, to like make sure we had enough to pay the Amazon Web Services bill. But then two, just like trying to get people to pay attention to us. Like I think it's very – a lot of people try to build media companies. A lot of people try to build podcasts. A lot of people try to build like, you know, just content outlets in general. And for some reason, people just continued reading us. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I can put my finger on a few reasons why maybe, but like, you know, it's just, it's very hard to sort of attract an audience. And so I think that was always, and still is sort of like, not necessarily a problem for us, but something that we're like, okay, we have to make sure that we're constantly putting out really high quality stuff, you know, promise ourselves that we're not going to be overly promotional in some regards. Cause I think like, it's important to show people what you're doing, but there's like a line between doing that and being overly self-promotional, which I think is a, a big sort of issue in, in today's sort of business climate. Um, so I think those are some of the issues. And then, you know, even today, right? Like we're, we'll be a team of nine, pretty much by the first week of October. Um, so for us, it's like, you know, we're a nine person team. There, there's a lot to get done and, you know, we're a small team. So figuring out what to sort of prioritize is, is always going to be, you know, it's, it's a fun problem. It's not like it's, you know, it, we're, we're, we're building a media company. We're not like, you know, doing anything, you know, we're not changing the world in any way necessarily. You're, or we're not you're, cancer, you're not, right? I was like, going to say you're not curing cancer, but uh... yeah, like there, there's a there's a blueprint there. So it's like we know what we have to do. It's just sort of about prioritizing and making sure that you know, if we do something, we're going to do it the right way and not sort of half-ass it, so to speak. Sure. So you've got nine staff. Uh, obviously, a lot of contributors though, and and people who write. Um, talk a little bit about the structure and, and how you guys go about getting content, the videos, the podcasts, you know, the news articles, et cetera. What, what's kind of the strategy yeah. behind it in terms of providing entertainment uh, for you know, the readers? Yeah. So we, we actually, you know, we recently sort of made the decision or not recently, I would say probably like, you know, three, four months ago where all of the editorial on FOS is going to be created in house. Uh, you know, we have like from time to time, we'll have a freelancer that sort of, you know, if there's a specific topic or something that they pitch us, which is really interesting, we'll, you know, we'll consider it. But I think it's really important for us that we own sort of our editorial and what gets posted on the FOS site. And so, 
you know, the other thing too is a lot of our previous contributors, they worked in the industry. And while that's great and lends additional perspective, I think that's important. Um, you know, we want to make sure that nobody has any conflicts of interest when they're writing about FOS, right? Because if you're an employee and you work for a team and there's something that you want to, you know, there's just certain sensitivities that you can't talk about certain things or, you know, we don't want any of our readers to say, oh, they're only covering X, Y, Z because this person works for that team, right? So right. we want to try to avoid any conflicts of interest, uh, you know, both from sort of the people that write for us and also internally, like, you know, our business staff is separate from our editorial staff. And that was a very important decision when we ended up, you know, hiring the team and, and you know, building that out is to make sure, okay, like the editorial and business team are going to operate independently because we've seen what sort of like has happened with a lot of other organizations, you know, uh, in media companies in general, there's, you know, a lot of even the PR folks that get upset with, you know, pay to play and the typical stereotypes, I suppose, of, of B2B media in general. And, and we want to make sure to avoid that as much as possible. Sure. And so from producing content and, and, trying to show value to the people who are, you know, coming to the website, you know, following on social media, et cetera. What are some of the things that you're noticing from a trend perspective in terms of, you know, people nowadays consuming content? Uh, is it always on the road? Uh, is it, you know, our desktop versus mobile versus tablets? I mean, what are the things that keep you guys up at night? Uh, I think, it's it's probably less to do with that. I, I suppose like the email newsletter for us is really it's a huge driver of everything we do. And I think personally, it's sort of, you know, the favorite my personal favorite thing that we produce uh, just because it's sort of like all original content. It's not just stuff from our website repurposed, thrown into a newsletter. And so for us, it's like I think there's a lot more. Obviously, there's a lot more noise right from, you know, Twitter to Instagram to uh, you know, to even every there's how you, you can count or you can't even count anymore how many like email newsletters there are for different sort of verticals, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's in the business world or elsewhere. So I think for us, like all of it is noise and it's less we're less kind of concerned with like whether somebody's on their desktop or on their phone, mostly because we're like a B2B publication for the most part. So you know, with that, like people are at their desk reading us, right? Or they're forwarding the emails from one, you know, from team member to team member. So it's less sort of like mobile versus desktop, more just noise from one platform to another, um, you know, which is sort of something that like we try to, you know, understand and, and, you know, make sure that each sort of platform has its own purposes, right? Like Twitter is very different than Instagram. Twitter for us is more of a, you know, hey, here's everything that's going on today where it's, you know, we might not write an article about something, but to throw a tweet up, like that does make sense. And it's a low lift thing and, and we're able to do it that way. So does that kind of answer? Yeah, absolutely. Question, I guess? And, and then from a, from a social media perspective and just content in general, I guess, provide some insights to, to our listeners who are maybe, you know, in the marketing world, the sponsorship world, you know, whatever department of AP, whatever organization, um, what, yeah. what are, and, and this was news to me, I got to say, you know, a year or two ago, it was like, okay, every platform's used for something a little bit different. Here's, you know, videos only perform on one platform versus, you know, text. And I hate to say it, right. 140 characters on Twitter and, and photos on Instagram. I mean, give us, give the audience a quick, you know, snapshot of, of really today's space and from a content perspective and, and how it can be best utilized. Yeah. So I think like, 
nowadays distribution is almost or it is as or if not more important than sort of the content and media itself right and i think that's sort of like that lends to less i think high quality content uh and i think media companies are focusing on distribution maybe too much or at least for us it's different right because we're so niche like we can focus on quality a little bit more than scale which Mm -hmm. benefits us and and i think plays well to sort of our brand overall um but i think you know i oftentimes talk to you know our clients and things like that and i say hey like you could put a blog up on your website right but if you literally copy paste that blog put it on our platform you're going to see so much more traction just because our audience is there and people are already consuming it and you know we've become sort of a daily or weekly habit for people right like i think like something like half of our track typing in our, our url frontofficesport.com and coming to it so like we're not you know i think that's sort of the thing that a lot of people sort of i don't know if they forget but like just something to note that's important right is you know you can have the best content in the world if you don't have the distribution platform for it nobody's going to see it um, no, and i absolutely. think that's something that like we try to sort of instill in our partners and, and in conversations so across across the different platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, what are kind of some of the common practices across each in terms of the type of distribution of content? Yeah, so I think uh, for us in particular, like Twitter is short 60 to 90 second clips trying to drive traffic to other sources, whether it's our YouTube page or, uh, you know, the FOS site as a whole. Um, I think Instagram for us is like, that's our brand identity. Like if you go to our Instagram page, like Risa who, who runs that channel is, who's done a great job sort of like curating, Hey, here's, you know, we might only post there once or twice a day, but these are, you know, cool, unique activations or things that are going on in the sports space. And it's important for us to have sort of our brand, uh, you know, sort of just like when you see a post from front office sport, you know, it's from front office sports. Right. And so I think that's, that's the purpose of Instagram for us. Um, you know, I think it's a channel that has potential, but for us, we obviously have to pick and choose just given resources and things like that. Um, LinkedIn, we're seeing a lot of success and traction from, I think because we're obviously a B2B sort of centric company. So, you know, given that a lot of our content is highly shareable in sort of that platform itself. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of, you know, both video and, and just article sharing on LinkedIn is, is doing pretty, pretty well for us. Um, so I think it's like, just knowing, you know, one, having an understanding of, you know, how people sort of, uh, you know, how people think of you, right? Like people think of front office sports as something where I'm going to read this at my desk at work or in the morning with my coffee. So, you know, because of that, like we've prioritized certain platforms over others. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of a little insight, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So one one last question for you as we wrap, wrap up the episode. Um, yeah. In terms of, you know, you're you're surrounded by content all the time, right? So you, you talked about the quality of content, but for your own professional development and, and, you know, just being aware of things that are going on around you, what's maybe a best practice that you use, uh, whether that's reading an article every morning, whether that's, you know, three a day or, or social media posts or certain channels that you check, what are things that you do to keep up with the industry? Besides uh, do your day job. Yeah. I think the one 
the one sort of thing that I've come to just recently because we have so much damn stuff going on uh, is that I've sort of like I've almost leveraged Twitter as like a curation of people whether that's using Twitter lists or I even have notifications on for probably I don't know like 10 to 15 people uh, and I just kind of have those you know notifications serve as like my okay pay attention to this or okay this is happening sort of whether it's in sports or media or whatever you know whatever that certain individual sort of talks about often uh and i think like for me there's just there is so much right so i try to read our newsletter every day i have a few other newsletters like morning brew the hustle that i sort of look at you know whether it's a couple times a week or every morning um but i think for me it's sort of like i i use twitter almost as that platform where you know i don't check everything obviously i'm not on it 24 7 but i'll have my notifications on and you know, if I see something that piques my interest or I'll just flip through, you know, the push notifications, be like, all right, here's, you know, here's the little daily digest of, of what I can get. Because I think, you know, there is just so much out there, uh, you know, and we're part of that, too. Right. Because we're, sure. we're media. So we're, you know, we're probably not helping in that regard for a lot of people. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's sort of uh, just staying focused. Right. Like I, you know, have like my go to's and, and that's pretty much it. And I rely on them to sort of provide me with a lot of the information. And, you know, I wish I had more time to sort of digest a lot of stuff. But, you know, we also our team has like a Slack group where uh, or Slack, you know, channel, whatever it is, where we just throw all interesting articles or things that are going on in the industry. Um, so between Slack, Twitter and, and the couple newsletters I get, that's that's sort of the, uh, you know, where I get most of my information. No, it's fantastic. Well, hey, we really appreciate your time on the podcast today uh, certainly yeah. interesting to hear about you know the entrepreneurial side the, the media side of things social media etc and i uh, really enjoyed hearing your insights and certainly uh, where can people uh, outside of frontofficesports.com where can people follow you guys yeah so uh twitter's big and then our, our daily newsletter that goes out and if if you reply to that newsletter i get the responses to it so i'll i'll see it whether it's uh, <laughs> positive feedback or negative feedback i'll i'll sort of reply back there um and it's just f-r-n-t-o-f-f-i-c-e-s-p-o-r-t.com um and all, all of our stuff should be there but yeah that's uh that's pretty much everything jake Fantastic, Russ. Well, thank you again. Appreciate the time and uh, look forward to, to following Front Office Forward as it, as it continues to grow and, um, you know, love the content. So. I want to take the time to thank you for listening to Life in the Front Office. And if you liked our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. And for more episodes, Visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com. And please continue to share uh, with your colleagues on social media and help us continue to grow. Thanks.